Ah, basketball fans here, there, a little bit of everywhere. Appreciate you guys for uh, chiming in with me. And um, uh, yet another episode of what we like to call the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and the most educational basketball content on the planet. In the form of a podcast, of course, make sure that you go and subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Also, feel free to leave us a, uh, a review. You can leave us up to maybe a five-star rating. Uh, all ratings, of course, are embraced and welcomed. Of course, the five-star ones are always really good to have more so than the others. And um, uh, also make sure you give us a follow on social media, all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, Unite. As you know, we like to call it uh, where basketball lives. You always have a voice here on this platform. Uh, so feel free to engage, as you can see there below at the bottom on the ticker. Feel free to comment below if you got any questions, opinions, comments, concerns, suggestions, whatever the case may be. Feel free to chime in. So uh, don't save it for the local bar. Don't save it for the local bar, uh, for the local sports bar either. We talk it right here on this particular platform. Now, what I want to do, without further ado, because yes, I know a lot of people are like, dude, what's What's next? You know, this is Tate's take. I'm used to getting my good basketball takes and so forth. What's after the March Madness? We know that you're known for the March Madness and all that kind of stuff, but what's coming up after that? And so, of course, you know, we got quite a quite a bit of some AAU basketball stuff going on with the uh, with the Celtics team, Dickerson. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, also some NBA stuff, as you guys have known, that I've been a reporter for the Atlanta Hawks for somewhere right around five years or so, or a little bit more, give or take. Uh, on the timing. And I said, I'm going to bring in somebody that's overly knowledgeable, a person I had an opportunity to develop and establish a relationship with down there at what was um, Phillips Arena, now being State Farm Arena, who is currently, and I want to make sure that I can bring my dude up in here because I want to make sure we on point all across the board with everything. There goes my dude, Brandon Harper, podcast host and uh, Atlanta Hawks reporter as well from 680, the fan based out of Atlanta, make sure you give them a follow on all social media platforms, specifically on Twitter and on IG at bharper90. That is at b h a r p e r nine zero b. What's up with you, bro? What, what, what's what's popping? What's going on, bro? It's been a long time coming, man. I've been watching you on your platform for quite some time, man. You know, I like what you got going on, so it's just an honor and a, and a privilege to be on here and join and join you on your show. No, nah, man, no doubt. I appreciate you for uh, just for uh, supporting, for watching, for listening, uh, prayers, everything, the whole nine, man, because it's uh, a very select few of us, as everybody knows here in Atlanta, you got this really tight-knit group of people uh, in terms of uh, media, and, and we're all kind of in a roundabout way, kind of like family in our own ways, so uh, definitely glad to have you on uh, let's start out with this. I want to start out first things first because you're not only a reporter, uh, but also are you're also a host. I want you to talk a little bit about that as well. Co-host of this particular podcast, the Big Shot Bob Podcast with Robert Ori. Talk to us and inform us a little bit about that and where the people can find it. So uh, we started this podcast with a uh, Big Shot Bob. Many people know him as Robert Ori. Uh, we started this uh, early February. Um, you can find it on wherever you get your podcasts, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever. Uh, it started, you know, like I said, in early February, myself, Robert, and also our engineer who also works with me at 680 The Fan. 
And look, man, we have a lot of fun. We just don't talk basketball. We talk culture. We talk football. We talk a lot of stuff. But obviously, with Ori being a seven-time champ, being the king of rings, uh, you know, obviously basketball is is the center of the, the, the most of the topics that we talk about. We've had numerous guests such as Muggsy Bowes. We've had uh, Jeannie Buss a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, we, are, we pride ourselves on having good guests every week and amazing conversations. So if that's what you're looking for, Come on and join us. We drop a show every Wednesday, wherever you find your podcast. That's super dope. That's the Big Shot Bob podcast with Robert Ory. Of course, uh, my dude Brandon co-hosting a lot of that stuff. Now, take us over here. Let's just jump around just a tad bit. The Drop Step ATL podcast. Of course, you can find that every Monday and Wednesday, wherever you find your favorite podcast. That's something that's of a, a different entity, I guess, than the Big Shot Bob uh, what's the difference and what, what do you guys do on that particular podcast? So the difference between that one is, is myself and three coworkers. Um, you know, we've started this, we've rebranded this maybe once or twice. It used to be just be called the drop step when we would just talk about anything around the association, but we wanted to kind of hone it more into Atlanta. We still go around the association, but we really wanted to really focus on the Atlanta Hawks, focus on the local brand. And so we changed the name and the brand to the Drop Step ATL. Like you said, we drop every Monday and Wednesday. It's just a, a lot of guys who who appreciate and love Hawks basketball and just want to bring our own personality and flavor to the whole thing. You know, information is out there, but personality is not everywhere. So once you mix personality and information together, you know, you have a good show. And that's what we want to bring twice a week. Man, that's outstanding, man. My dude making big moves, big power moves out <laughs> here, man. I'm loving it, dude. If you're on that railroad track, my boy coming through and he's the train, he's the conductor, you better move out. i just put it to you like this. You better move out the way. My boy coming through, man. When he honking that thing, going like this, and that, <laughs> that steam start coming up out of that thing, you better be on your way moving up out the way, man, because he's coming through and making some real big things happen. Um, I'm going to throw something up here on the, uh, on, on the screen that's going to seem like a lot of gibberish, and I'm going to go through it relatively fast. I know some people are going to say, optically, that looks terrible. But I want to inform the people who are diehard Hawks fans and so forth, even those on the outside uh, that can uh, maybe that was looking forward to some of this stuff. Where is the Atlanta Hawks right now? Uh, Atlanta Hawks, 31 and 26 overall right now. Uh, that's over 50%. They're, they're, hey, listen, when you're above 500 and you're the Atlanta Hawks, I don't care what part of time during the season it is, especially this late, that's always a good thing. Over 50%, 54% actually uh, on a one-game winning streak, 8-2 and two in their last 10, kind of surprising within itself. That's first within the Southeast Division. Tired for four fourth with Boston in the uh, in the east in the eastern conference and tied for 10th in the NBA now in terms of scoring 113th in uh, uh, points per game that's second as well in this uh, in the southeast division sixth in the eastern conference 13th in the NBA last but certainly not least 111 opposing points per game so then we're talking about the defensive side of the ball now again second in the southeast division tied for seventh in the east what of any of these things, if any of these things, Brandon, would you say kind of has uh, stuck out kind of like a sore thumb or maybe could be a little bit surprising to you to an extent, maybe didn't know that they would be this far along or this far behind at this current juncture of the season when it comes to our Hawks? Uh, one thing that I look at is obviously the uh, it's, 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 it's really a tie between obviously the offense and, and the defense, you know, the points per game. Really, it's the points per game that really stand out. Why? Because. This team has been battling injuries all season long. 
And when you have a lot of injuries to your main guys, well, that affects your scoring, just like it affects other aspects of your game. So when you have uh, a, a DeAndre Hunter that's out, when you have a Cam Cam Reddish that's out, when you have a, a bogey that's just now come back and is really getting in the groove of things, when you have a John Collins that's been out just for a little bit and, you know, is just now getting back. The Hawks have been able to find scoring no matter who's on the floor, whether they win the game or not. They've been competitive, and they've been able to score the basketball. So when you have that many guys out, you would think that your scoring would be drastically affected. Well, not necessarily so much because the Hawks have had the luxury of having guys, you know, you just get a Lou Will. What is Lou Will? A, a bucket. They call Lou Will a bucket for a reason. Why? Put him in the game. That's what he's going to go get you. Buckets. So a Danilo Gallinari, he can go get you 20 points off the bench. He's done it all season long. So, I mean, you would think that, you know, with all the injuries, that the scoring would, would, would take a drastic hit. And that's not necessarily the case. I'm glad that you said that and you talked a little bit about uh, some of the injuries and just want to tap in with some of the statuses that you may be aware of. Um, in terms of some of the guys that's been out, because listen, I mean, one thing that you mentioned, I'm going to touch on that first before I get to the injuries. You mentioned about, you know, them being competitive. I felt like coming into this year, them taking care of business, essentially for me, would be considered beating the teams that you're supposed to beat, that you're clearly better than. Um, that's mm -hmm. those, I don't know, probably like Wizards, I guess now, Rockets without Harden, Pistons, teams like that. Uh, and, and then beating the teams that you're either equally, you know, as good as, or as, as good mm -hmm. as you are, uh, a quality of teams, beat those teams and at least be uh, competitive against the teams mm -hmm. that are slightly or much better than you are. Uh, and even maybe come away with stealing some, some, some W's against those as well. Uh, so it seems like we're kind of on base for the most part. Uh, or, or mm -hmm. tapped in on the same level as far as that goes. Now talking about some of the injuries, this is a team that, okay, acquired players from free agency, got players in draft. Uh, I feel like six or seven at one point we're looking at, and you might have to help me out, Rondo, uh, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, uh, 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 Chris, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn. Um, mm -hmm. Geez, who am I missing? Um, I feel it like I'm missing about, a, about two or three other players. But despite all of that, it's right. very rare that we had the opportunity to see all of these guys on the floor at the same time. Mm -hmm. Where, you could probably see this as like glass half full, glass half empty. When the mm -hmm. team is not playing so well, it's like automatically, oh, well, we got injuries, you know, the, you know, the, the injury thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then when you win in the games, it's like, Look at us. And we got injuries now. Well, right. How much emphasis are you really putting on what the Hawks have been able to accomplish or lack thereof because of the injuries? Well, let's let's start with uh, my mom always told me to start with love first. So let's start with love. Uh, I like what they've been able to do in spite of their injuries, because there are a lot of these games when you even when you've had Trace it out for just a couple of games, you're looking at, OK, Trey is out. DeAndre's out, Cam's out. Do we need to have tryouts? I mean, I'm at the arena. I can go out on the floor and maybe give you two or hey, four points. Hey, hey, give me a medium. If they got a medium, Garen, whoever, if they got a medium in the back, 
I can get to the cup and, and get to the charity stripe, the free space on the bingo card. Throw, throw me and B. Hart back there in the backcourt, bro. Facts. I mean, because sometimes, you know, I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, well, who else do you have? I mean, because obviously you got guys coming off the bench to start, but then what do you, what does your bench look like? And each and every game, or at least for most of the most of the games, I go in and I'm like, these guys are not just competitive, but they've taken leads and they've even won some of these games. And really, that's a testament to Coach McMillan. You know, his teachings, his philosophies, them believing in him, him mm -hmm. motivating them, and them going out and really believing that they can not only just be competitive, regardless of what they have or what they don't have, but actually believing they can win this game. Now, on the flip side, I do think, you know, fan bases all across the, the nation, you know, you have, well, we're winning in spite of, and we don't even have this. But then when we lose, it's a, like you said, well, we don't have such and such. Well, when you're the Hawks and the status quo has been injuries most of the season and you've mm -hmm. been competitive, you can't lean, you can't consistently lean on the fact of what you don't have when you haven't had all season. At some point in time, it, it, it comes down to, you know what, we got to fight with what we have. The best ability is availability. And if we made it work in these number of games, well, we can't come over here and lose these games over here and then cry about what we don't have. There has to be some level of consistency because if, if, if you're going to want teams around this league to take you seriously, everybody has to deal with injuries. Um, last time I checked, look out west. Lakers are dealing with injuries. So many, the Nets are dealing with injuries even in your own conference. And they have their own issues, but they still have to go out and perform and put up wins or at least compete in those games. No one is going to feel sorry for you in this league. Yes, you have injuries. We understand that. That's every sport. And you know that there are certain guys that you want to get back because they allow this team to sway one way or another. But look at it like this. You want the guys that you have on that floor to go out there and give everything they have and to compete. Why? Because they're men with pride as well. And they believe that they can go out here and compete with any and everybody. And those are the type of guys you want to have on your squad. And I think the Hawks have quite a few of them. Since you used a mama reference, then I'm going to give you, I'm tying <laughs> what you said uh, to a reference that mama also told me. She said, son, and, and this is me measuring myself up against other people who got all these different long list of experience on their resumes and so forth excuse me i might have spit a little bit but that's just how <laughs> passionate i get when we get to talking about basketball but Thanks. um you know when mentioning son don't worry about the things that you don't have worry about the things that you do have and try to work on the things that you don't have in that process there was right. one time i feel like with this hawks team and this organization and so forth and I'm probably not even preaching to the choir here. I'm probably preaching to the pastor right now where it kind of <laughs> felt like the only thing that we, the only consistency that we saw from the Atlanta Hawks is that they were consistently inconsistent. Consistent. That might've been, yep. the, been like the only thing. In mm -hmm. terms of your confidence level with where they are, with where they're going, what differences have you seen? Because it, it appears to a lot of people may have said, ah, we might have, maybe last year we were a year too early. Most people, mm -hmm. especially national media and so forth, people had mm -hmm. high expectations last year. There was the John Collins 25 game thing. And if there wasn't this thing, there was the next thing. And maybe the pieces or Trey is complaining. 
about the pieces that he doesn't have and needs more. And then it's kind of all over the place at that point. Injuries and Cam Reddish, blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. Right. What have you seen the significant difference in this year that has made all of the difference? Because you still had injuries. You still had guys that weren't playing and so forth. They went through their highs, lows, struggles, so forth. What has been the biggest difference from a year ago up until now when it comes to this team to where you may feel like where they are right now, I feel confident that they can take it to the next level, and these are the reasons why. Well, one thing is, obviously, I'd be remiss if I don't acknowledge, like you said, the acquisitions. When you go out and get a bogey, and you go out and get a, a Gallinari, and you go out and get a uh, a Lou Will, you know, at the trade deadline. Uh, and also, having another year under the belt of your young guys. Yeah, I know we still have questions about Cam. Um, you know, DeAndre has really taken a big leap um, before he was before he got hurt. And we don't know mm-hmm. where he'll be when he gets back, if he comes back, because there's still no timetable somewhat for his return. Uh, I, but I also think, you know, unfortunately, I loved Lloyd Pierce. I did. But it's hard to. It's hard to ignore what Nate McMillan has done with this team since he's taken over. So the combination of your acquisitions, the fact that you, your, your younger guys are much more confident and much have been much more aggressive this year when they've been on the floor, uh, and the motivation and the push from one coach, Nate McMillan, I think a combination of all that, and you roll it all up, you look at where the Hawks now sitting in the number four spot battling with, with Boston, battling with you know New York, and battling with Miami. It would be I would we I literally thought coming into this season we would just be vying in for the play in. I would be happy with that to be in that conversation. Oh, we're going somewhere between seven and ten, and the fact that we got the the play in it works better for us because we can fall somewhere in that. Not at not one point in time did I ever think. Not only are we going to be battling for a playoff spot, top five, mm-hmm. the Hawks. No, nah, you must not the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Maybe the Seattle Seahawks or something. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, does somebody else, is there another expansion team that I don't know anything about that's vying for a top five spot? Because most fans, I guarantee you, they probably didn't see this coming in. If they did, I need them to give me some lotto numbers or something that I can play. Something. 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 Hey, I, if that's the case, I'm going to start getting my life right together. Right about now, before the b- b- before the man come back down here and grace us with his presence, because I didn't see this coming at all either. Uh, in the locker room right now, episode number seventy four, we are on now. Brandon Harper, podcast host and Atlanta Hawks reporter from six eighty the fan, based out of Atlanta Sports Talk Radio. That is, remember to give him a follow on social media uh, at b harper ninety. That is at b harper ninety. Let's do this. You you mentioned. A couple of the the the, the players. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy part is, is I think that we've seen some Kevin Herter growth. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been knocking down threes left and right and has a significant amount of. I, I'm not. I don't think it's attempts. I want to feel like it might be um, converted threes that is very close to Trey Young. I might have to check that stat again. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously showing some growth. Um, DeAndre Hunter, you talked about, you know, prior to the beginning of the season uh, or, or since the season has started prior to the injury. 
took a not just a step, but like a huge step, not a baby right. step, but like a big step. We haven't quite seen that exactly from Cam Reddish just yet. At one point in time, all three of these players was there wasn't much separation between the three of them entering this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. When I say Cam Reddish, take me through the brain, get the wheels turning of what happens in Brandon Harper's mind. When I mention Cam Reddish, what's needed, what's necessary, what do you see going? Because people ask me all the time, dude, what's up with Reddish? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we're going to get Brandon Harper on this thing on Monday, and we're going to talk <laughs> about it because I want to ask him. We want to pick his brain. He down there a night, not every night, a night. <laughs> That's what, a fact. What what are you what are you seeing when you see when Cam Reddish is on the floor? Obviously, because right now it's an injury situation. But when he was playing, what exactly do you see when you see Cam Reddish? What's the issue? So let me go back. Obviously, when he was at Duke, he was the third option between you know among Zion and R.J. Barrett. Most people forgot he was also a five star recruit, very talented. He even had moments at Duke, hit a game winner versus Florida State, you know, was supposed to be the shooter amongst the ranks of, of those top flight recruits that went to Duke. Um, I was one of maybe few people when he was taken 10th overall in that draft by the Hawks that was absolutely excited because I thought that we didn't, people, the world didn't see the real Cam Reddish when he was at Duke. They got little bits and pieces because he wasn't the focal point. But I thought when he get into the league, I thought he was really going to make some noise. And obviously his peers throughout the high school ranks thought the same thing as well when it came to his game. You talk to anybody like Anthony Edwards or anybody, the man is a beast. From his skill set, the way that he moves, there's not much that he can't do. Here's my issue with Cam Reddish. It's in here. Sometimes I think he overthinks. Mm-hmm. where there are also moments where I think he he throws it all caution to the wind and with the ball, I've seen him attack the rim and I've seen him finish like we've never seen him finish before. And I'm like, you can huh. see that he's, you can see in that moment that he's not thinking. Right. Which is a good thing for some people like him when he's not right. thinking. Gotcha. Right. Now, most people, you want them to think about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. For some folks, Overthinking is not the thing for you to do because you become passive, you stutter, you start to make mistakes. And that's what he does. I don't, and you know, what I would notice is if he would get his shot blocked going to the basket or he would miss a shot, his body language running down the court wasn't the greatest. And that says a lot to me about a player. Mm-hmm. Are you going to run up and run back down the court with confidence knowing that, you know what, I missed a shot, that's in the past, I'm going to get it next time go around? Or mm-hmm. is it, and I missed three shots in a row. I, it's gonna affect. It's gonna affect me. Matter of fact, it's gonna affect me on the defensive end. I, mm-hmm. I I just don't know. I get upset with him because he has flashed his talent a few times. Hasn't been pieced together, but it's mm-hmm. been quite a few times where we've seen his talent. We're like, if we can only get this consistently, this is why we drafted him number ten. But if we can get this consist consistently mixed with what DeAndre can be, with what Trey is, and what John is. The sky is the limit, but that's the issue with him. Now that he's injured, it's a setback for him mm-hmm. because not only weren't you consistent when you're there, the injury doesn't vote well for the confidence of the fans of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't because when you get back, we don't know what to expect because there wasn't much to build on in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense. Sometimes you do see the body language and, you know, I've, I've been the person that have been that has accused Cam Reddish sometimes of playing too cute. You know, so, sometimes, you know, you got some guys that just are not too cute, but just too cool. Some people are just too cool. You run up and down the floor. Cool. You shooting the jump shot. You got the you got the gooseneck hanging up there. It's just cool. Everything is just twirling my twisties. Everything's just too cool. Sometimes it's just you're looking for that rugged. Uh, right. And then in addition to that, obviously, maybe not the most aggressive uh, player necessarily, which is always a terrible thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you need a person to be that and you have the tools, you have the skill set. Rem- it reminds me and people who listen to this program on a regular basis probably heard me say this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. When he's coming out, he just reminds me so much of a player. Um, I'll tell you what, I make this comparison all the time. I know where you're going, I and we may agree. Thought, you know where I'm going, because we did it before. We did it yeah. before. <laughs> I just always thought that he would – I just always felt like Rudy Gay could have been that Scottie Pippen-ish type of player. He's got the length, the athleticism, the scoring ability, the skill set, the size, all the measurements, wingspan, all the things that you like in that type of player, but he didn't want to be that. He didn't want to be Pippen-ish. He wanted to be Rudy Gay, and that's why you've seen him look the way that he has. Not a bad basketball player, not a terrible NBA, by no means. Made a lot of money in this league, right? but he wanted to be that. I sense right. some similar things with Cam Reddish where he wanted to be Cam Reddish and not channel his inner Scotty. So I, 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 I digress. I'll leave that there. We won't pick on Cam Reddish, but I would like to see Cam Reddish. And all the best to him, obviously. I'm not trying to poo-poo him. We're just going to get on this program and do 110% like we always do. Nothing well, less, we no exceptions. My dude is all, always got it. Oh, uh, uh, and, and won't uh, won't do nothing different than that. Got my dude in here, Brandon Harper, man. Dude always got his hat to the back. Uh, <laughs> podcast host, Atlanta Hawks reporter from 680 The Fan. Let's get into this. I want to – let me see what else I can um, pull out of my hat here as I'm trying to scroll – through a little bit and, 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 uh, ah, perfect. Let's do this. I want to bring you into our special segment. Okay. So we mm-hmm. do a particular segment here on the tail end of our show. It's called quick release. So essentially it is rapid fire. Feel free to, uh, uh, to elaborate or to answer as quickly or as much as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with this as we get ready to start concluding. Here's the first one. When it comes to this Hawks team, from what you've seen from point A, game number one, all the way up until this point, what letter grade would you give the Atlanta Hawks this season? I give the Hawks a B. Why is that? Uh, because I believe because of uh, the injuries, how they've been able to not only just tread water and keep their nose above water, but put themselves right underneath the upper echelon of the of the teams in their conference. They're fighting for the fourth spot. And with the injuries, with the coaching change, sometimes those things don't always work out well for you. And they it's been a pretty smooth transition for the Hawks with Nate McMillan. Let's go with this. Ah, here we go. Just what, 14, 15 more games left, I feel like, until we start talking about postseason. Don't want to rush it. Of course, there's a lot more games to be played. What 
area or areas of emphasis do you feel like the Atlanta Hawks should key in on as they start prepping for the postseason? Cutting down on your turnovers. Uh, this team turns the ball over a lot. Uh, you know, I don't like to, I love Trey Young. I'm not going to poo-poo on him, but it's been many a times on Twitter where his, his father, even after a win, has said, stop turning the ball over. You need mm-hmm. to, as our point guard, you have to lead it. You have to be the general, but we don't need you to make silly turnovers. And that goes for everybody on the team. Cut down on these turnovers because in the playoffs, they will kill you. Yeah, shout out to Ray Young, good friend of mine, good friend of the uh, the program, and just an outstanding person all the way across the board, man. So shout out to Ray Young, Trey's father. Uh, let's go here next. Right now, obviously, he's still the interim, <laughs> holding the interim spot down for, for, for the uh, Atlanta Hawks after uh, the head coach was 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 removed. Um, how long until we start talking about this is the new coach? Or should they consider looking elsewhere? Nate McMillan, extension in three, two, one, what says you? Are you giving them the job or are you kind of looking, seeing what things may move around towards the tail end of the year? maybe try and look elsewhere, which what is Brandon Harper doing? I think if I was them, I would offer him an extension and he would be my head coach. Now, do I think it'll happen? I'm leaning towards no. Why? Why? Because, and I could be wrong, you know, why, keeping this in my mind and about the way the process went when they let go of Lloyd Pierce, but just that whole him having to think about stepping into the interim role, which was reported, talking to Lloyd Pierce, should I take this job? Obviously, Lloyd is a very good friend of his. And I know winning cures all, which they've been doing a lot of. I don't know what Nate McMillan's thought process is if they've already offered him an extension or when, you know, when they will, if they will. Obviously, you've heard names in the media about potential coaches they may look at, a Chauncey Billups, you know, uh, a, a Kenny Smith you know, new and, and younger coaches when it comes to the coaching ranks that you've heard. So I, I don't know where they're going with it. I would offer him a, a, a contract to be the official head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if the Hawks will, though. Interesting. Interestingly enough, let's go. Uh, let's bounce around here a little bit more. This is what it looks like in the Eastern Conference right now. Number one, mm-hmm. Philly, two Nets. Three, Milwaukee, four, Atlanta, of course, number five, which I think they're actually tied for fourth at this point. The Boston Celtics, Knicks at six, Heat at seven, Charlotte at eight, Indiana nine, and Toronto ten. Um, Between maybe what sticks out as surprising for you this time of the year, is there is, is, is there any of these particular teams that you thought would be in the mix or, or wouldn't be this high in a mix or this low in the mix? And of these teams, what do you think, which ones do you think are the most favorable for the Hawks in the event that they play them in the first round versus those that you feel like uh, are, are, are not as favorable and would be bad matchups for the Hawks? Well, first, to answer your first question, the surprise would probably, outside of the Hawks, obviously would be the Knicks. Um, I think Tom Thibodeau, and his defensive intensity and in bringing it to Madison Square Garden in the concrete jungle has worked wonders for that squad. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle. I mean, Julius Randle is now in the star rankings. <laughs> he is now making a stake for a star. Mm-hmm. And the way that those young guys have really come together and bought into you know Tom Thibodeau's system is really surprising. I think 
they're a, a scorer away though from really being real contenders. Uh, but they're my surprise. I think at four, four and five is where the Hawks really want to be. Either one, because what you what you want to do is avoid, in, at least in the first round, one of those big three. You want to avoid Milwaukee, as we saw recently. You know, I know, like I said, the Hawks have been hurt, but that Milwaukee game didn't turn out too well. We have to see Milwaukee again. National TV, <laughs> too, I think it was. And Milwaukee is going to be coming up soon, yeah. Right. Obviously, if if Brooklyn is fully healthy, hey, roll the ball out there. You got three of the most talented scorers in the league, probably NBA history. I don't think the Hawks want to, in a four, in a best of seven, Hawks don't want to see that. And obviously, Philly, Ben Simmons could possibly be defensive player of the year. MVP candidate and Joel Embiid in the way um, uh, Coach Rivers has them playing. I, I don't think you want to see any of those three in the first round. Okay. Anybody else, whether it be Boston, could be a really good series. You know, Knicks could be a really good series. But stay out of that dealing with the first three in the first round. Yeah, I'm not even sure about Miami either. Oh, no. no. The no, way no, that no, they no, get no. after it defensively and – People kind of overlooking them right now, and they just came off of the finals, and it's like, have y'all forgot about us mentality mm-hmm. and things like that? Um, ah, wow, it's just it's gonna make for some some very interesting uh, some very interesting headlines in basketball all across the board. Uh, let's jump over to this one next. Clint Capella talking about some of his contribution. Has that been surprising to you, or has it been expected uh, according to Brandon Harper? I don't want to use the word surprising because he was doing a lot of, you know, being uh, some sort of a double-double machine when he was in Houston. Mm-hmm. But I will say the way that he is fit in to the city of Atlanta and the way that he is fit in on this team and the mm-hmm. effort, the intensity, and the toughness that he has brought to the center position and to opponents coming into that paint, mm-hmm. love it. You're talking about 25 and 24 the other night? Mm-hmm. Man, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Stop playing with these folks. Stop playing with Clint Capella. He is not one of them. He is not somebody that you want to see yeah. down low. And I think numerous centers throughout this league have gotten a taste of, of, of what he is. And he's going to be a force in the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs where the game slows down and free throws mean a lot down yes. the stretch. He's not a great free throw shooter. You're going to see more teams intentionally foul him and get him to that line. If he can all, if he can consistently hit one of two, then you can make teams pay for using that little game and playing that little game. But he has to hit his free throws in the playoffs in order, you know, for I, I think the Hawks to really get to that next level. But him running the floor defense, love it all. Nothing to say about it. Let's go with this one on the next one. What does John Collins' return mean for this team going forward? Not just only speaking on his return coming back from a recent injury, but there was so much up in the air as to whether he would be back. We still don't completely know until after the season, I guess, technically, if he's still going to be an Atlanta Hawk or not. 
Uh, but just talk about the importance of his return from injury recently and the importance of him returning to this team so that they can put together this kind of uh, stretch or, or this type of run down the stretch. We're hopefully trying to uh, not only make the playoffs, but win a couple games and win a couple more to try and advance or something like that. Yeah, I think he's pivotal to the success of this team, not just for the playoffs this year, but if they choose to to keep him for the future. Um, Having him with Trey and obviously him working on his game coming into this year, the man is at one point in time was knocking down 40 percent from three. You can tell that he worked on that during the offseason. And he, what he does is he creates more room on the floor. He creates more room on the floor and he forces teams to spread out. Also, him being able to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. You, those are aspects of his game where you see a lot of fours in this league are really mm-hmm. uh, working on putting the ball on the basket, you know, shot faking and getting to the hoop. And he's mm-hmm. really working on that, and I can see that he's continuing to work on that. So him adding to his offensive repertoire, him getting better on the defensive end. I don't think he's at his peak defensively yet. I think he could be a little better. But him getting better plus plus pairing that with his offensive repertoire, you know, going through the roof. I I think, you know, him being a restricted free agent, somebody has to make a, you know, a qualifying offer and the Hawks have to match it. Depending on what that number looks like this offseason will determine the fate of the Hawks for quite some time, because that's a piece that I don't think the Hawks can afford to lose. But if the number's not right, they just might. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. And I think that one, another reason behind them bringing him back um, after the season is over is really going to be based off of the John Collins that we're about to see, not the one only that we've already seen what he can do, which is already more than enough, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. But even more so, what he's getting ready to do, it's going to be like, well, first of all, not only are we glad that we kept him around um before the trade deadline or after the trade deadline, but even more so after that, because if we didn't, we wouldn't be able to see this. And if we didn't have right. this, then we wouldn't feel that good about next year and where we could be over here. So that's just another one. Uh, two last questions for you. The first one is I'll kind of want to find out as we look at what's coming up next for this team, uh, kind of want to find out from you where you think that they fare. Maybe three and oh, maybe one and two maybe two and one, maybe 0 and three, hopefully not keeping our fingers, toes and eyes and everything else crossed. Uh, Tuesday versus Orlando at home, uh, a team that's 14th in the East. Follow that up by in in the back-to-back, second half of a back-to-back at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks, who's sixth in the East. And then to kick it off, I guess, because it's basketball and not football, on Friday, that matchup against one of the better teams in not only the East, but also within the division, the team that's second in the in the Southeast division behind the Hawks, that being the Miami Heat, who's still kind of playing with a chip on their shoulder. I feel like, how do you think that they fare in those three games? I really think at best they go two and one. And the one loss, I believe, could come against, it's between the Knicks and Miami. I don't think they'll have any problem with Orlando. Uh, that team is on a rebuild. I, I, I'm really... I really think – I think the loss could come Wednesday versus the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. I, I, I think they can get Miami, you know, with it being at State Farm and, you know, them being at home. I, I think they could they could, they could, could kind of creep up and, and take out Miami, even though that's going to be very tough as well. 
But I think at best they can go two and one. Going up there to the Garden and playing a young, scrappy uh, mm-hmm. Nick team, which, I mean, the Hawks are scrappy as well, but the Knicks are on a roll right now. Sure. They're on a, a, a crazy roll right now, and they're playing with a, a lot of confidence. So I say at best two and one. Now, if they go three and oh, take everything I just said, ball it up, and throw it <laughs> in the trash can. But I say two and one. Good deal. Very last one, man. This dude had an opportunity to come in and, it's his second time back home in ATL. Uh, obviously, everybody knows that he's, you know, from here, uh, South Gwinnett High School and so forth, Lou Will. What has been your biggest takeaway? Because he's been obviously a part of that trade with Rajon Rondo. Uh, what has been your biggest takeaway from adding Lou Will uh, to this roster? Uh, I remember when we uh, when we had his introduction press conference when he just when we was just traded and he was introduced to the media one thing i I really asked him was you know what did you want to bring coming from la coming from those guys what did you want to bring back home to this team here in atlanta and the thing he said is you know i want to i want to bring obviously that level of toughness and also that belief that you can beat anybody you know we believe when we were in la out there that we could beat anybody and this is what I want to bring back to this young squad. And I think outside of his his automatic scoring and him being a bucket when he comes off the bench, I also think he's kind of mentoring these young guys and even Trey to letting him know, like, look, this is what needs to be done. You know, we're, we're in the run for, for the playoffs. You know, the regular season is kind of over. You're in mm-hmm. playoff basketball now, even though you're not technically in playoff mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. The world is looking at you. You're in the fourth spot. They're looking at us. And they're trying to see if we are a contender or a pretender. Is it real or is it fool's goal? So I need you all. We need to buckle down and we really need to play like we're in the playoffs right now so we can prepare ourselves for the actual playoffs. So I think he's bringing that, that, that veteran presence, that leadership, and bringing that toughness and that belief that we don't care who we're going up against. We're going to give it our all and we're going to leave it all out on the floor. You had any of them lemon pepper wings yet? Keep it real with me, bruh. Don't hold out on me, bro. Have you had? I don't know who bro. watching, but you're about to bro. learn something about my boy Harp tonight. Have you had some of the wings yet? I I, I have said I, I will say somebody has brought me some of the wings. Yes, oh, I have. Okay, okay, to go. See that, that that's the easy way yeah. out. I, yeah, I got yeah. some wings, but I got them to go. I got the to go. Somebody was so gracious enough to be a good friend and brought me some. There you go. I ain't mad at that, man. Brandon Harper podcast host. Make sure that y'all go and check that out. Um, that would be. Um, I want to make sure that I'm, 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 I'm putting all of it out there correctly, the way I should be. Um, that would be the Big Shot Bob podcast. Find it anywhere you find your favorite podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, in addition to the um, uh, to the Drop Step Drop Step ATL podcast every Monday. Every Wednesday, find it anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Uh, Atlanta Hawks reporter from 680 to Fan, uh, Sports Talk Radio in Atlanta. You can find him there. And if you can't find him else, you can find this dude on social media. IG and Twitter, the handle is all the same, at bharper90. That is at B-H-A-R-P-E-R-9-0. So, dude, B, appreciate I know we probably ran over the time a little bit. But I do appreciate you for coming on to the to the program, kicking it with us in the locker room, episode 74 for a little while. And uh, hopefully it won't be too long before I get a chance to 
see the homies in person again and chop it up and talk some good some good basketball and whatnot. And uh, I'm looking forward to that more than anything. But I do appreciate you for contributing to the program. Hey, Deshaun, bro. Thank you for having me on, man. I see you hustling. I see your grind. I see you really promoting your brand. Uh, everybody is not built to do what you do, but you make it look easy and you have belief. And you have, uh, you you know, I know you've been building this for for quite some time. And I remember, you know, sitting down with you in the arena when we allowed everybody in talking about a lot of stuff. So to see from where it is, where it was then to where it is now, bro, you know, I salute you. You know, God bless and, and keep pushing, bro, and I'm rooting for you. And let me get B Harper out of here before he make me cry, man. B Harper 90 <laughs> at B Harper 90. I do appreciate you, big dog. Yes, sir. Thank you. Likewise. Absolutely. That's my dude, B Hart, man. That's that. That's the, the homie right there, Brandon Harper. Again, appreciate him. You know, I know one of the comments from earlier, my dude, Controversy Raphael, Raphael Haynes. Make sure you go give him a follow. Got a super dope platform, super dope. Um, called Three Point Conversion. Make sure that y'all go and check that out as well. I can vouch for that. Uh, very good project and whatnot that he puts out there. Good material, good content, all of the above. Check this out on Facebook. You know we stream live on Facebook. Stream live on Facebook. Stream live on YouTube. Stream uh, stream live on Twitch, uh, as well as on Periscope. Um, said I said top five on my radio show. I wonder who he was talking about. I think I might have missed that one kind of late. I'm going to have to tweet that one back out to see who he was talking about when he said top five on his radio show. I think he was talking about where the Hawks would end up finishing and going into uh, the playoffs in terms of seating and whatnot. But uh, definitely appreciate him for chiming in with us as well. And just for all of you that, you know, do this consistently and persistently and share this stuff out as much as possible. Thank you very much. I do appreciate you for doing that. Keep sharing it. Don't save it for the local sports bar. Don't save it for the local barbershop. Um, you know, go and subscribe. I always tell people, tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama where they can find the best, the most entertaining, most educational, and the most informational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast that's nowhere else outside of Tate's Take. Uh, feel free to leave us a review. Those always meaning a big deal to us over here uh, with this program. And also leave us... Um, up to a, a, a up to a five star rating, if you will. Uh, so we appreciate that as well. And as we get ready to move around and move out a little bit, um, I'm gonna try and hit up Kristen Peak, see what Kristen got going on. Maybe she'll come on and talk about Chet Holmgren, the number one player in the class of 2022, uh, who just committed to Gonzaga earlier on today. Maybe try and hit her up and bring her on. Maybe Simon Hines or a couple other people on the AAU platform. Also. Make sure that you do this because I'm doing some media training amongst different things with some kids on the AAU circuit, uh, the grassroots level. Team Dickerson Celtics. Don't say that I did not tell you. Do not say I did not warn you. I'm trying to get you ahead of the curve and to be proactive a little bit versus being reactive. Team Dickerson Celtics. Look it up. Follow. Great program. Just a small independent program, but this is a huge program. And these eyeballs, I'm very careful about what the, the products that I put my eyeballs on. 
This one that I can vouch for, and I'm definitely stand by 110%. Guys, be safe out there. Remember to mask up. The COVID stuff is not over with yet. So uh, just make sure that you're taking all the proper procedures and uh, different things that need to be done to keep us safe. So when we come up out of this stuff, we can be able to connect once again and so forth. Appreciate it. At Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter, uh, as well as on IG. Hashtag where basketball lives. See you guys next time. Bye.